Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. I remember very clearly my nana had dentures. If I went to visit her early enough in the morning, I sometimes could catch a glimpse of them in the container by her bed. My grandparents on my dad's side also had dentures. It's just the way things were. But the Australian Dental Association say that those days are long past and that we all need to think of our teeth as being with us for life. And it all starts with our kids. Dr. Michaela Kinotti is a dentist and the Australian Dentist Association's health promoter. Hi, Michaela. How are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. Why why was it so common in my grandparents' generation to have dentures? It was just a different way of dealing with um, dealing with teeth. If something was wrong, they typically the teeth were removed. Um, they were even removed, I guess, in a in a prophylactic manner. Um, and so, and then the way that they replaced them was dentures. So, in a lot of cases, people did end up with full sets of dentures over time, which is is really unfortunate. But like you mentioned, we're, we're going in a different direction to that. Now people are keeping their teeth for longer and longer. Um, and there shouldn't be a reason that we expect to lose our teeth as part of life, especially not these days. When you say we're moving away from that, is it uh, what, what are the reasons behind that? I mean, you're saying we should be expecting that we have our teeth for life. I certainly wasn't imagining that I would need dentures. But um, I guess historically speaking, teeth haven't been healthy enough to last a lifetime. Would that be true? Well, it's all about how you care for them, I guess. If you care for your teeth well, there shouldn't be any reason that they really don't last you for pretty much your whole lifetime. Once upon a time, uh, to to have fillings done, they were a lot more invasive especially when the metal amalgam material was most commonly used. But now with what we have available, dentists can be so much more less invasive. Um, And even if people attend regularly, just not invasive at all, we can try and stop things in their earliest stages um, to prevent us cutting into teeth. That's what you want to avoid. I definitely use that threat with my kids all the time, (laughs) that if they're not careful, they'll have fillings. So what is the current state of children's teeth in Australia? So the current state, it's probably not as good as it could be. Five to six-year-olds, one in three have had tooth decay in their their baby teeth. And then for six to 14-year-olds, about one in four kids have experienced and they have their adult teeth at that age as well. um, You know, children aren't typically going to the dentist early enough for their first dental visits. Of five to six-year-olds, only half have been to the dentist by five years of age. And what age should they be going to the dentist, Michaela? Yes, so the Australian Dental Association recommends having the first dental visit at either one year of age or when the first tooth arrives. So typically whenever comes first. That seems really young. Why is it important that they start going at that point? It does seem really young and people must wonder why Why am I taking my child to the dentist when they have one tooth? And I mean, <laughs> it's not all about looking at the teeth. It's also a really good time to have a conversation as a parent. Um, a lot of parents do say they are not given really much information at all as, as they are 
when they're pregnant or when having their first child in particular. So it's a good time to have that conversation, you know, talking about habits, when to start brushing, um, what to use, foods, drinks they can discuss with you as well. Yeah, all that type of stuff. So as soon as children get their teeth in their mouth, they're at risk of getting tooth decay. There's no reason that young babies are immune to getting tooth decay. I would be horrified if either either of my children's baby teeth had tooth decay in them. But obviously those teeth will come out and adult teeth will come in. Does tooth decay in baby teeth have any impact on their adult teeth? So tooth decay in baby teeth, if if it's treated per se, for example, with a filling, um, that's not going to give any negative impact for that adult tooth that's sitting underneath developing, uh, what you do want to do is is keep those baby teeth until it is time for them to naturally fall out. That's the preferred option. If they are lost too early in life, it can impact the amount of space that's in the mouth ready for the next tooth to come through. But saying that sometimes uh, baby teeth that do end up with a really bad infection that's sitting above a, a developing adult tooth you know, that's not great. And and sometimes the teeth do need to be removed to take that infection away. So it's not still present in the body. And obviously the dentist um, or children's dentist known as a pediatric dentist will uh, work with the parents and the patient to um, talk about what will happen if the tooth is taken out too early and whether they have to help try and keep that space. Right. That sounds horrific. So let's, let's talk about avoiding all of that. When should you start cleaning your baby's teeth? Because as you mentioned, your child could get to one and only have one tooth. Should we be going in there with a little toothbrush cleaning that one tooth? Sounds silly. I I hear your giggle there, but yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Um, So, you know, starting to get them used to having that in the mouth from a young age, a lot of parents will give their children a little brush that they can they can mouth on as they're coming up to that time of you know getting teeth and then yeah getting that little brush in there and giving that you know one little toothy peg in there a little clean and then as they continue to get more but there is no need to be using um, toothpaste or anything for those little babies it's just water and a brush and when do you start using toothpaste from 18 months is the recommended age to start using toothpaste. And I know that there are special toothpastes for children. Why is that? Yeah, so in the supermarkets and and pharmacies, you'll often see them marketed as a children's toothpaste. So those toothpastes have less fluoride in them than the toothpaste that are used for children over six years of age and for adults. As well, you'll often see that they'll have different flavours. Um, they're a bit more mild or they might have, a, you know, a strawberry flavour instead of a mint flavour because a lot of kids, especially young kids, are, are not big fans of, of mint or strong mint that adults often have as part of their pastes. A lot of parents know that there is hidden sugar in so much of what we eat at the moment. And it can be pretty exhausting to think about walking down the shopping aisle and checking every single thing that you buy. Are there some sugars that are more damaging for our kids' teeth than others? So it's the the sugars that you want to look out for um, that can increase your risk of developing tooth decay. Uh, any sugars that are added to food, so they could be added when they're made in the manufacturing process or they could even be added at that time at home, such as where you might sprinkle sugar on breakfast cereal, as well as 
honey, syrups, and fruit juices. So the World Health Organization recommends that um, for the average person um, that we should be having six teaspoons or less of, of these types of sugars. So that equals about 24 grams per day. Right. I have no idea what that looks like. but <laughs> yeah, so It's a bit tricky, but pretty much the fr- fresh fruits, fresh vegetables are great snacks, obviously. It's tricky and it it is part of the ADA's messaging to not only parents, to everybody pretty much about <laughs> learning to be a sugar detective. So pretty much trying to figure out and learn just how to read what's on the labels of the foods that you're looking at, looking at how much sugar is, is in it just to begin with, and then also just what those sources of, of sugar are. And do you have any other tips um, that you can share on what parents should be thinking about when it comes to their children's teeth? I think it's important to make the effort to go regularly to see the dentist. Starting from a young age, obviously the age we recommend is starting from around that one year, most definitely. Um, It creates a good relationship, um, a comfortable relationship for the child going to that, routinely going to that same practice, seeing that same person. Um, The worst thing that can happen is that the first visit your child has is for a toothache Mm. or or, or they go in and they have a lot of tooth decay by that stage and, you know, the next visit is straight away going into fillings potentially because something needs to be done. So that's that can really start off just a – potentially an unhealthy relationship and an unhealthy mindset when it comes to it because they're associating perhaps the dentist with discomfort Um, and that's not something we want. We want to set up a good relationship from the beginning. Good oral health in childhood is one of the best predictors for continuing to have good oral health in, you know, as you move through life, especially setting up those good habits. Makayla, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's dentist Dr. Makayla Kanotti. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.